Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning. This is the Bible Reading Plan podcast, and I am your faithful as ever host, Brendan McClenahan. I'm here with my inimitable guest, Mike McClenahan, my dad. And today is Friday, so happy Friday. Whatever you did to get to this moment, uh, congratulations. You made it to what is, for most people, the end of the work week. It's TGIF. TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Um so we are back with the Bible Reading Plan podcast, and we are going to be reading today from Matthew 23, verses 1 through 12. Um, so let's read this. Dad, you want to read yeah. this passage for us? Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues, and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students and no one and call no one your father on earth for you have one father the one in heaven nor are you to be called instructors for you have one instructor the messiah the greatest among you will be your servant all who exalt themselves will be humbled and all who humble themselves will be exalted i love this passage um okay for anyone who's wondering phylacteries that is the uh, tassels on the edge of uh, a robe, or it's not. What the is... phylacteries are the uh, are the boxes that okay. of the has. You're the making a symbol of a square in on your... their foreheads. That's on the foreheads. Yeah. Yep. Phylacteries. Yep. They still wear them to this day. Okay. What's the what is the you thing with the, the wrist as well? What's the with the thing the, the Those tassels. Are tassels? Oh, the fringes. Oh, fringes. Okay, so Jesus had fringes too. Jesus is a Pharisee, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting to think about. He believed in the resurrection. He was a teacher of the law. They called him rabbi. Um, and Jesus here is criticizing his fellow Pharisees, saying, you guys, who do you think you are? Which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But it also says, don't don't call anyone father on earth. And uh, here I am sitting across my the table from my dad. Father. So it's kind of funny. Um, what do you think about this passage? Uh, well, these are sort of wisdom sayings from Jesus, and um, he, he is highlighting the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. Um, they like to be seen by others. They put heavy burdens on others, but they don't lift a finger. Um, so don't, you know, don't do as they do. Do as they say is basically. Don't, okay, don't, I, I kind of have a problem with this. Because if they say, I mean, the best teachers are the people who model for you yeah. what to do. It's yeah. not very good teaching 
right? Like either Jesus is kind of throwing them a bone here and just being like, yeah, sure. They, I guess they say the right thing, but don't do what they do. But I don't really want to follow somebody's, what they say if they don't even do it. You know, how, how wise is, do they really know anything if they're not able to do it? And what use is, you know, listen to something someone says if they're not actually modeling it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I have a little bit of a problem with that. I'm like, mm, I wouldn't have anything to do with these people if they're not doing it. Um, but it just reminds me that the best, really the best way to to learn is to model. I mean, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Is mm-hmm. I mean, you're all students, it says, and students are apprentices. They They learn after... They learn Christ by following in the ways of Christ in behind someone else who's already following that way. You know, I, I like, I like it when you stumble upon something in scripture that is a saying that we still say, like, like Jesus says, they don't know their, you know, their right hand from their left. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and here, I mean, this is a saying we do say this. Um, don't do as I do, do as I say. Mm-hmm and or don't do as i say do as i do um and we know that it's hypocritical for a leader to ask others to do what they're not willing to do themselves which is the whole point of what jesus is saying here these aren't really rabbis these aren't really teachers and and the one who is actually revealing for them how they're to live and who is actually leading them in the way of god not just saying it not just teaching it but doing it is is Jesus and um, they they are called to be servant leaders, mm-hmm. and that's a popular phrase in many circles now. Um, servant leadership is kind of a big deal, but this is where Jesus is is uh, he has an authentic leadership, what? and he gets you know the first hymn of the church in Philippians two is a song about how Jesus humbled himself and was exalted by God. Yeah. So that, that was, it was a, an early lesson on leadership. I just feel that this whole week's passages could be a masterclass on leadership. Mm-hmm. Like all of these, including the Psalm, Micah, it's like both positive and cautionary examples of leadership cautionary here and in Micah, where it's cautioning people against following people who are overly um, concerned with their appearance and with how they come off to people, how they look, you know, being somebody for somebody else, being an important or successful or achieving or powerful leader. And um, Jesus saying, that's actually not what counts. And Micah saying that, um, being willing to speak the truth and to walk in faith and like Paul says in Thessalonians, to humbly serve others like a father serves a child, you know, um, those are really the marks of like, just to look at each of these, I feel like we could have talked on and on about all these passages in terms of being, you know, and Joshua being willing to go first, you know, being willing to do something and have people follow you rather than just tell people to go, you know, give the commands and orders saying, this is what you ought to do, but being willing to step in the water first and take the first step of faith um, with, you know, leading others behind you. That's, uh, that's kind of another, another image of leadership, but you said servant leadership is kind of a popular thing. Mm 
Um, like most popular things, I know there's going to be wisdom behind it, but there's it's probably also easier said than done. Mm-hmm. You know, what's what's hard about what is servant leadership to you, and what's hard about it for you? Like, why is servant leadership hard for you to do? Well, I'll give you a story. Yeah. When a year and a half ago, we, our church took the reveal for church study assessment Uh from Mike Johnson. It started out, it started out as from Willow Creek and then it has become its own thing. And the reveal study measures the spiritual maturity of your congregation. And as we took the study, there are some things that we're good at, some things we're not so good at, but the overall recommendation from the people at reveal was um, that we had lost our first love because we are a congregation that seems to do a lot of activity for God, but have sort of lost our first love uh, for God. So, so what, which got to be like really revealing, revealing or, <laughs> very frustrating. You, you probably went into that thinking, I mean, just like anybody would go into any assessment like that thinking, we're probably pretty good. Yeah, like uh, we're pretty there's good. There's probably some tweaks we got to make, but yeah. I think we're a really exceptional church. And then to go, whoa. Yep. And we um, we didn't score as high as I thought we would. And it was kind of interesting. The recommendation from the reveal people was to do what they call a first love recharge. Like the church in, in Revelation, you've lost your first love. But if you regain your first love, then I will give you the, tr- you'll be able to eat from the tree of life. So there is great benefit in renewing our first love. And so what did that mean? It was as simple as reading and reflecting on scripture and praying for 15 minutes a day mm-hmm. in your favorite chair. And so we started a campaign. In your favorite chair. Yeah. Favorite, uh, we started a campaign to encourage everybody to do that. And I had to admit that the longing of my heart was to have intimacy with God because activity for God does not equal intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. And in order, so I, I, I thought, well, if I were to be honest, um, I am more likely to, to live off of the fumes of my own preaching than to have my own devotional time with God. Right. And so I am. These are things that other people need to do Yeah. that, that like younger Christians or immature Christians need to do. And I'm a pastor and can't I just keep preaching? And I've already done that kind of stuff. Yep. And so when we revealed, when we shared this with the congregation, I was so nervous that they would think this was so juvenile. And even our most mature people were like, yep, that's true. It rings true. We do things for God, <laughs> but we're not spending time with God. Uh-huh. And so in, in one of their books called Move, Greg Hawkins talks about how they surveyed pastors of churches who lead churches that are spiritually mature. And what they found out was they have, these are the qualities. They, um, they uh, model a surrendered life. They have, they are humble. Um, they make a priority of growing other people's hearts, people's hearts, not counting attendance. And they, um, they make intimacy with God a priority. So we call that Christ-centered leadership. Um, and so, so the mark of a Christ-centered leader is somebody who has decided for themselves that they have more to learn and they are leaders, but they're also students. And so I had to 
commit myself and lead by example. Yeah. Because I couldn't lead people into intimacy with God if all I said was, okay, you guys, this is what you ought to, you guys all ought to be doing this because, you know, I've, I've done it. And so I had to admit that. And my humility, I think, was convicting for people to think, wow, if our pastor needs to do this, then the rest of us. So we went on this journey together. And I think this idea of humility, dying to ourselves, dying to our achievement, our activities in order to gain greater intimacy with God. And that's what you're doing with this reading plan is you're inviting people to spend time alone with God and let him speak to us so that he can lead us and guide us. Mm -hmm. And um, we're not pretending like because we've been Christians for so many years or we've we served on so many committees or have led Bible studies that we actually have it all together. And when a leader begins to think that those things that they've achieved actually gives them a seat mm -hmm. that's better than someone else, then we've missed it. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so it's a matter of bearing the presence of God with people like Joshua, you know, carrying that and stepping forward, being willing to get into the water, get wet a little bit. Um, not just stand at the back of the crowd and give the orders, but actually get into it, get your feet wet. And it's the one thing that everyone needs at every stage of spiritual growth. Right. Everybody Which is needs so to spend funny. time alone with God. See, when I was doing youth <laughs> ministry and we'd, you know, I'd make a bookmark and a reading plan and say, okay, everybody, let's spend 15 minutes alone with God. It was always for the person who was the new Christian. Right. And then those, that kind of goes by the wayside because we gain knowledge, we gain experience, we think we gain wisdom. And we don't really need to do that anymore. Now I'm doing more activities for God. And when somebody in the church comes to you and says, I've been a member for 30 years. Well, that doesn't mean anything, really. Just mm -hmm. because they remember for 30 years doesn't mean they have discerned what's best for the church. It just mm -hmm. means they've been in the church for 30 years. Mm -hmm. They might have done a lot of activities, but it doesn't mean that they know God and know God's heart. So I think to humbly lead people in a way that we all are dependent on God and his presence in our lives. Because we never should we, we should never run out of that. The pastor should never say to everyone else, here's what you all ought to be doing to spend time alone with God. We need to model it. And then you can see out of, so it's funny, after a few months, people are like, what, what happened to your preaching? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Well, I don't know. It just seems like there's a depth to it. Like, hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's counterintuitive. We think, well, I need to work harder at this, but actually I need to spend time more with God yeah. and nurture that. It's 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 hard. Servant leadership is hard because as we serve and lead, we gain insight and authority and leadership and responsibility that makes us think that we've grown past some of the things that got us there. And that by telling other people what to do, we found a new role, you know, that maybe now my role is to help other people do what I used to do. And it's constantly staying in that mode. Like he says, uh, you should all be students, right? Um, that you're, we're constantly um, being, reminding ourselves that we're students, we're learners, that we're at the beginning of the road, not at the end of it. And, um, and that we are, remain servants. And that's a hard thing to do because our everything else in our lives is promotion, 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 mm -hmm. gain power, gain authority, gain experience, outsource and delegate the things that you've already learned to other people to do them. And to remain a student seems self-defeating. 
you know, well, what's the point? But it's a relationship. And we were found in God. I think that's where pride and arrogance slips in, not just for pastors, but as I said, somebody who's been in the church for 30 years, Mm -hmm. I think they know because they've been around. And I think that's when we're blind. Um, The the passage in Revelation says, um, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Um, Repent and do the things you did at first. Mm -hmm. So we should never run. We should never become too mature or, or too old to do the simple things that mm-hmm. we did at first. Yeah. Um, so our faith can, our love can grow old or cold and tired because we have lost that excitement of just, you know, learning and, and, and um, growing. Yeah, that's good. Well, with that, everybody, thanks for joining this week in podcasts. Dad, thanks for being on the podcast. So, week of podcast what was it like it's great it's fun it's fun to just read read scripture and reflect on it and um i'm i'm sure this is fun for people who are listening to to read it for themselves and see that you really this may not be the only truth about this passage but but there's some things that you know what we you know anybody can read this and has a different perspective on it and i think it's fun to do it together so Mm -hmm. you kind of sharpen each other yep yep Um, and learn, learn things as you do it. So you said you're going to be preaching on this passage this coming Sunday. By the time this airs, it'll be this coming Sunday. Yeah, November 1st, I'm preaching on Joshua 3 uh-huh. and looking at these other passages to see what I might glean from those. Uh-huh. Very cool. Well, thanks, everybody. Um, go in peace. Hopefully you see you Sunday, either virtually or in person. And um, we'll be back with you on Monday morning with a fresh week of podcasts. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace.